have failed you for 20 years. Now our misery can end. Somewhere, somewhere close by is a man who can help us. I cannot find him alone. I need you. I need you to guide my sword. Please. Guide my sword. Come on, man. Who loves Princess Bride? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I, just, I absolutely love the sincerity of uh, this, this particular clip. If you don't know the story, this man is trying to avenge this father that was killed, and he's asking his father for guidance and wants to be able to hunt down and to, and to see retribution and justice for what was stolen from him. And I just think it's, I, I, I absolutely love the earnestness that he's going after this father, asking him to guide him. That's what we all want, right? That's, we want some guidance in our lives. I love, in fact, um, one of my favorite movies, uh, a movie called Field of Dreams. It came out 112 years ago, apparently. <laughs> But Field of Dreams is about a man who hears a voice in the distance telling him to build a baseball field in the middle of his farm, his crops, his corn crops. And uh, because he follows this voice, uh, the, he's put his whole farming life in peril and he's about to be bankrupt if he doesn't fix it and... And this whole voice, the whole point of it was leading him to be able to be restored and redeemed in relationship with his father. That sound familiar? It's amazing. I love this picture of the idea of being led towards life, something. And uh, it can can be entirely mystical, but I I think what these movies are often saying is, hey, That's what we want. We want something outside of us moving us. The whole world is actually desperate for the will and the heart of God. They just don't know it. So they're telling all these kinds of stories to be able to show what is actually in the heart of mankind. God, show us who you are and show us where to go and lead us towards redemption and lead us towards meaning and lead us towards purpose and fullness of life. And here's what's crazy. We have access to that. It's not a movie theme. It is the heart of the God of the universe who wants to share his heart with you and show you his will. We got to explore that a little bit last week and we just began to lean into the ways the word of God begins to show us 
from the beginning to the end, how God wants to reveal who he is to mankind, the greatest hope of our heart. And we talked about the, the sovereign will of God where he is always accomplishing his purposes and, and the way that we can believe and trust in these incredible promises that God has for us, like Romans chapter eight where he says, we just literally sang it, even in the pain of life and in the hardship, I am working for your good. The way that we can trust that is he's the sovereign king of the universe. He always accomplishes his purposes. And yet he also calls us into partnership. And we talked about the moral will of God where he's saying, hey, I want you to trust me in these ways. There's gonna be something inside of you, this fleshy thing, and there's gonna be an enemy who's gonna try to tell you to go your own way. But if you'll trust me and follow me and walk with me, then you will experience the fullness of life. So root yourself in this truth where we get to see the word of God. There's truths all throughout the scripture, principles that we see all the time. The, you ever heard the golden rule? Treat others as you want to be treated. You know where that comes from? Jesus, right? The 10 commandments, I, think, I don't think there's anybody in the planet that would have a problem with the 10 commandments. Where does it come from? Heart of the Father. Man reaps what he sows, you sow into good things, you receive. These principles, they're all throughout the word of God and he's calling us to trust him with it. They come from his word. It's living, it's active, it's real, it's alive. It moves, it shapes, it transforms. There's no falsities in it. It's perfect, it's pure, it leads and God's given it to us. And in fact, next week, we're gonna dive into how you and I discover the plan, the heart, the will of God through his word. We're gonna explore the, the depth of that. But I wanna start just today by thinking about the active participant that is making the word come alive to us and how he is the one that is speaking and revealing the will of God, and that is the Holy Spirit. It's that spirit of God, the scripture will call it the spirit of Jesus. They're three yet one in the same. And we have this active participant in revealing the will of God to us. And here's the coolest thing in the world. He's here right now. He's here in this room. He reigns over the earth. He moves. He actually makes his home inside of anyone that will confess brokenness and their need for Jesus. He says, I will come. Jesus says in John 14, I'm gonna come. My father and I will come and we will make our home in you. How does God do that? Through his spirit. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, that could kind of seem like, yeah, duh, that's what happens. But could we just pause for two seconds and just step out for a moment and think the creator of the universe has put his home in you. The facilitator, the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power is actually here, present in us to accomplish his purposes. How unbelievable is that? It can become kind of this secondhand thing that we sort of remember. 
But there is a point and a purpose to the sovereign God of the universe coming to make his home in us. Many of you were spoken to by this spirit. We all were really before we ever came to know Jesus. Before you ever read maybe even one word from the Bible. Because what is the spirit of God doing all the time? He's speaking and whispering and wooing and convicting and shaping. And he's calling to those. There are those in continents and other places who have yet never heard the voice of Jesus. And they are, hear this, I'm not alone. Why? Because the spirit of God can come and reveal Right now, all over, it's the most unbelievable thing. I don't know if you ever have partnership with people who live in what they call the 1040 window or that stretch of the earth where there is almost a near no representation of the church, or very small pockets, or even if there are pockets, it's very quiet. It has to be underground because it's quite illegal to be a follower of Jesus. And I have heard testimony after testimony after testimony of people who come into saving faith in Jesus Christ because God apprehended them in a dream. Never seen a page of the Bible, but the Spirit of God was active and showing up. This is our sovereign king, and he's not out there somewhere. We'll get to see in heaven someday. He's right here, right now. And he wants to speak. The point of the, point of the God of the universe being here and making his home is he's saying something. He's speaking. He's revealing He's showing. He's at work in your salvation. And he is at work in you now. And he has things he wants to unleash, ways that he wants to empower, gifts he wants to pour out, character he wants to rise up, things that are of him that you and I couldn't conjure up ourselves. That's what he's doing. It's what he's here for. He's active. So what does that look like? Well, we're... We've got a text. I want to just get real practical because it could be maybe even a little bit daunting to think, oh my gosh, the God of the universe is in me. And I'm like, I feel like I can barely hear my spouse when they're like yelling across the room. Like, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? So let's ask the question, what does the scripture have to say about how the spirit of God speaks to us in real time in our everyday world. You're there in Nehemiah. Let me just set this up for you before we read. Context of the story is that Nehemiah is Jewish man who, like most of Israel, was exiled into Persia because of their rebellion against God. Israel had been wiped out and overrun by invading hordes and God was disciplining his people because they kept turning their heart away. And of course, why does God discipline their heart, and why would he even allow that? Is because he was calling them back to trust him. And Nehemiah is this, he's in this position as he's a slave, but he's in this prominent position. He's actually a cupbearer, meaning he's a protector of the most powerful man on the planet for the king at this moment. As far as slaves go, this is about as good as life could possibly get, but his heart was broken and he was stirred because of a report he would receive for the few people, his people, God's people that had remained back home. Jerusalem was in tatters. The walls had not been rebuilt. It had been overrun. 
and his heart was broken. Why? Because it was the place of the presence of God. And he wanted to see it established again. And so in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 2. So Nehemiah chapter 2, we'll start in verse 2 and go to 5. And the king said to me, why is your face? So the king's talking to Nehemiah. Why is your face sad, seeing you're not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, And if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. Now listen, before we go further. Nehemiah is a slave of a conquered people. There's no laws protecting him. You and I have even a hard time getting our head around this. It's a massive risk for Nehemiah to show any kind of emotion before the king. For him to express this sadness is unreal. And he as a slave is asking for a leave of absence. I don't even know how that works. And yet, he's audacious because his heart was broken for the things of God. And not only does he, by the way, get this leave of absence, but this King Artaxerxes is going to actually bankroll the whole project. Going to pay for it. Now, this sounds amazing uh, because we get to know the end of the story. Nehemiah doesn't know the end of the story. He's just trying to in that moment. He doesn't know. He's taking a risk to step out. And just a few verses down, we begin to see a man who wants to hunger for the things of God hear the voice of God. It says, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days And then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Now, that is great language. I think a great representation for when we begin to talk about what it means to hear the voice of God. There's this leading, this nudge, this impression that God has put into Nehemiah's heart here for what God wants to accomplish. And he's listening. There's no like magic building he goes to. There's no uh, sacred space. He's just going to the city and he's there in the night. And then God comes to give this impression over his heart. This entire scenario leading up to Nehemiah's time in Jerusalem, he's taking all these risks and all these struggles, and it's here in this place where God wants to put something in his heart. And we see it again. If you skip further down in Nehemiah 7, verse 5, he says, Then my God put into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. Nehemiah's whole leadership and uh, the reestablishment, the reconstruction of destroyed Jerusalem was in part due to these leanings, this 
movement, impressions of the voice of God over his heart. It's how he knew God's will. He's just going, God, what do you want to do? I'm grieved. The place where your presence resides is broken. And he just goes there and he's there for three days and just asking God. And then all of a sudden, God says, here's what I want to do. And he begins to lean and to listen and to receive from the heart of the Father. By the way, this is exactly what Jesus did. Mark chapter two, you're familiar with the story. There's friends that are just desperate for their friend to be healed. And so they like crack open a hole in the window and they're letting him down. And before Jesus does this supernatural work of healing his body, he also just makes a profound statement. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. That sets the religious people bonkers. And they cannot handle him stepping in as true Messiah and son of God. And they are undone by it. And they're frustrated. And I love what Mark chapter 2 verse 8 says. It says, immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Meaning this. Jesus gets the supernatural download by the Spirit of God. I know exactly what's going on here, and I'm ready to confront some things in you. This is what it means to be a people who are tender to the heart of God. It actually means our ear is ready to be inclined to what the God of the universe might say to us. He knew in his spirit, God put in his heart, did it for Nehemiah, he does it for Jesus. We get to see as the church is being authored and created from the get-go and they're trying to go, well, where do we go and what do we do? And they're saying, it seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit that will send you and we're gonna raise you guys up and we're gonna call you guys the first, um, Not uh, we have the elders and then the, Deacons, deacons. So we're just, we're like listening to the heart of God and we're just going like, God, we don't know the way. We're not sure where to go, but we're just gonna get before you and say, God of the universe, what's your plan? And guess what? What we get to see throughout the word of God is God isn't stepping back going, hmm, let me play some games and see if these guys can figure this thing out. No, he's a good father. And what do good fathers do? When their kids want and need something, they listen. And they might not give it right away because most of the time kids are asking for Sour Patch Kids, right? And you just can't do it all the time, okay? Come on. Sometimes we're asking for things. God, have your way and your will this way, right? But hear this. God is a good father, He's leading us towards life. And so he wants to show us his heart. That's how he leads us. Impressions, we say impressions are similar to what you, uh, you might, I heard the word in, intuition. 
It's just like leaning, a, a sense that's going on. It's not verifiable on the outside, but just have this leaning, right? But both, you've got this impression, you've got intuitions. They communicate direct knowledge, like this understanding without any rational evidence or logical inference to support knowledge. Here's the difference. The difference is that an impression starts from the heart of God. It comes from him and not us. And I believe that us as Believers, followers of Jesus can hear God's impressions. What's the point of the Spirit of God being with you and in you if he is not speaking, if he isn't leading? If, what's the point of him being ever present? Yes, to seal us as a guarantee for that day when we'll see him face to face, but he hasn't sealed us to step back and go, hope you make it okay. He's here to reveal his heart. Right now. And I recognize that it's entirely possible that this sounds weird. It should, honestly. We kind of live in the Western world where we like the things that we can see and taste and touch and are real verifiable. So what I'm talking about is we're, we're trying to talk about some spiritual things. And everybody likes spiritual until it comes to actually believing and taking a step, right? That faith part. It's like everybody can go, oh, yeah, I'm really spiritual. It sounds great. What does that actually mean? It means that there is a supernatural realm in which God invades the natural. And ironically, the enemy's trying to do the same thing. And so it's weird. By the way, weird doesn't mean wrong. It just means it's something that maybe you haven't experienced before or you're not familiar with. And candidly, let's just get gut level honest. Are there pastors or ministries or people that have said and done things in the name of the will of God that have been incredibly destructive? Absolutely. So sad. Painful that many things have been done in the name of the Lord and because it was, quote unquote, God's will, people have been really hurt by that. Let's acknowledge it. Let's see it for what it is. But the truth is this, it's actually, I think, more often than not here, out here in the West, if you will, I don't know that we've actually taken enough steps to actually see what the word of God has to say about the spirit of God and his leading in our lives. It is supernatural. And even like we said, 90% of what you need to know is already right there in black and white. But the, each one of us uniquely carry, we're all made in the image of God, unique personalities, unique gifts, and he has unique things that he wants to do in and through us. And I believe he wants children who are listening to his voice and trust him. That means he's got some things to say. I think that means that he wants us to get familiar with his heart and his voice. And so it's sometimes maybe a little bit clunky or weird, but we want to step into it, right? Sometimes we step into something new, it's awkward at first. Remember the first time you tried to ride a bike? It was a dumpster fire but you were okay and you made it. I remember um, getting to um, 
get our, our kids are getting into the teenage years and getting to learn how to drive. It's my oldest son getting to drive first time. And uh, liter- quite literally the first time in the left-hand turn lane, and you got to turn in front as cars are coming and trying to, and then there's a car way off. And I was like, yeah, man, you can go ahead and turn. And he's like, nope, <laughs> like, not moving. I'm like, dude, they're, they're way off there. And he was like, uh, nope. I'm like, man, go. Uh, I, he's just not moving. The car's not moving. I'm like, I'm looking at the people behind us. I know, I know how people are when they drive. I get, you know, and then finally, about 12 minutes later, that car came by, right? And then he finally turned left. And you know what? First time feels weird when you're going to put your car in front of another car that's coming. It feels strange. He's done it 500 times now. No big deal, right? But the first time we want to step out in something, it might feel a little bit different. But here's my question. Does different mean wrong? No. Different means you and I are being invited into deeper places with the God of the universe. He wants to speak to us. And so the question is this, well, how do I know that it's God's voice? How do I know? That's what we want to know. How do I know it's God's voice, right? That's the most important question. The question, what I found is this, God's voice is always, 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 always consistent with his word. That's why the Bible becomes so critical. When we talk about reading the word of God, it's not to say you did your quiet time today, good for you. Church, it is to familiarize ourselves with the voice and the heart of God. The word becomes everything, becomes the centerpiece. We wanna grow. His ways and his thoughts are what? Higher than ours. We're thinking on this plane right here, We can put great plans together right here. We can give great ideas right here. God's thinking on a whole nother plane. The way we get there with him is we start familiarizing ourselves, drenching ourselves, if you will, in the word of God. Let it wash over us. Let it change us. His principles, his word, his truth, it's the basis for how we test the impressions that we might have. It's how we do that. Because listen, um, let's be honest. Number one, I have my own thoughts. And number two, there is an enemy out there trying to seed his thoughts as well. So it's coming from all the angles, inside, outside. So how do we know the word of God becomes the safe place? I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but what is a temptation? You ever thought about what a temptation is? It is quite literally either from your flesh or from the enemy, an an impression to do something that will be broken, will harm you, will lead you away from life. Impressions are happening all the time. The question we get to ask is, where are they coming from? And is it possible that if the God of the universe is in you, that he has things that he wants to say to you and reveal and impressions that he wants to lead you towards fullness of life. And the way that we know the difference is to test it against the word of God. I hear often, one of the things that I've probably heard in my time in ministry most often is that people say, but 
don't you think God just wants me to be happy? Don't you think God just wants me to be happy? And I just, I understand the logic. I understand the idea. But I just want to be able to say, no. I mean, if you mean happiness, meaning you get to do whatever you want to do, the answer is God has no desire in that for you. If you mean happiness, your fullest life in him, well, amen, brother. It's not that God doesn't want us to be happy, he just knows the way towards it. That's the point of having the spirit of God alive in us is to lead us towards the fullness in him. And sometimes that is in green pastures and sometimes that is in the valley of the shadow of death. But we trust the Lord wherever he's leading. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Moses chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. That's the leading of the Lord. I can say with all uh, certainty that a, a leading towards the things that are against the heart of God, they're never his leading. Against the word of God, they're not his leading. That's why the word of God becomes so important for the impressions that we're hearing all the time, our own from the enemy and from the heart of God. God's voice is typically the guidance that we get on how to fulfill God's word in unique and specific situations. That's the point, right? Is how do we take that word of God and then live it out in real time, in meetings and in conversations and in situations and in work and in relationships and all these unique spheres of life and influence that you have. He's here to speak. And so God will give all kinds of gracious, awesome impressions. And oftentimes God's voice is not the way that we would might normally think. I don't know if you've ever found that before, but sometimes the Lord will say some things and you'll be like, that's really different than how I think. That's not a total or absolute rule, but I, I think that oftentimes the Lord's gonna lead us towards the things that might not just be what you and I might call normal. I remember um, my wife and I felt impressed um, we had a, we were, I was in college ministry and we had a young guy that he lived with us first year. He needed a place to live over the summer. He didn't want to go back home and he's getting ready to get married. And the Lord had put on our heart to give him a significant amount of money. It was for us. It was thousand dollars. That's where we were. But it was like, it was a lot of money for where we were at that day. And God just put it in our heart to do it for this guy. And so we prayed and just felt this leading. I don't, by the way, the reason I'm telling this story is because I almost never feel like giving anyone money ever. So I'm just kidding. But it's just not a normal thought I have. Hey, here you go. Let's just hand it out. But the Lord had done that for us. And he was trying to get married. And we just felt this. So we, we did it. So we, we're grateful to the Lord. We were able to give this money to this young man. And, he, and we hand him this money. He's stunned. His jaw's like on the floor. And he says, just yesterday, all I had is $100. And I felt like the Lord told me to give this $100 to this guy who was in desperate need of it. I didn't have anything else, but I had that. And I felt like God told me to give it. He gave it to him. I said, I trust you, Lord. The next day, this is what God does. 
He gives impressions. And sometimes they're different or weird or they're not normal, but we just say, okay, God. And by the way, this is enough. <laughs> it's not one of those. This is where the church says, come on. So give all your money and you'll be good, right? It's not that. Dollars is just one way the Lord wants to speak to us, just one tiny way. It's more about the heart that's yielded to the Lord. That's what it's about. And so God's voice is normally gonna lead us to follow, follow him and just serve people. It's gonna lead us to serve people, to trust God. And oftentimes it's gonna come with just some risk. Just a little bit of like stepping out. Not all the time. Sometimes the Lord's saying, hey, this is clear. Just want you to walk in it. But sometimes the Lord's gonna say, hey, it's time to step out a little bit. We talk about getting into community. This is the will of the Lord for your life. Get in meaningful community. Don't live life alone, right? It's gonna take a risk. You have to be known. It's not fun all the time. Not easy anyway. There's so many of these things that the Lord gives to us. He might ask us to step out and trust him. Maybe you haven't been trusting the Lord with your finances. The truth is this. Trust him. Take a step. I'm not even telling you to give it here. I'm saying trust the Lord. Walk with him and see what he will do. It's one of the craziest principles you'll actually find in the scripture. It says God, you'll actually live greater on 90% than you will 100. I don't even know how it works, but he says, just trust me. Trust me, walk with me in this. You might have to take a risk. Sometimes the risks are greater, sometimes they're less. Sometimes they have more consequences, but we just wanna keep being a people who listen to the Lord. And you might be thinking, well, that's awesome. And I see that in the Bible, but here's the question. But what if I make a mistake? That's the question. What if I make a mistake? What if I think it's the Lord and I try to step out, but I don't know. What if I make a mistake? Well, here's the good news. Number one, you will. <laughs> so, so welcome to the club. How, what if we were just in a community where it was actually safe to just take steps with the Lord and to maybe fall short? What if we could just be running after the heart of God in such a way that we were with each other and for each other? Because the truth is, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that mistakes are actually the issue with the Lord. The question is, is do you think that the Lord would leave you out high and dry because you're trying to hear his voice even when you make a mistake? Um, that's my real question. What do you think about the character of God? that when you're trying to trust him and step out, that you think he's gonna actually leave you high and dry. I don't know any good father that would ever do that to his children. And if we're willing to love our kids well when they're searching and asking, how much more will the father? Matthew chapter seven, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's our God. So when it comes to, well, I wanna hear his voice and I wanna try to step out and I'm afraid of making a mistake, then I think what well, you know what we need to do is say, I'm afraid of making a mistake. Let's say it out loud. I have fear of missing God's voice. 
And then let's be in a community where it's actually safe to grow in these things because I can't even begin to fathom what it would look like for a church like this to be a people who are listening to the voice of God and ready to see the city transformed. Not because we have any ability, not because we have charisma or talents or all those other things, but just because we have built a a community of believers that are just going, I just want to follow God. I've done my own way. It never works out. I want to go the way of my father who is good. And he leads. The problem with listening to the voice of God isn't about making mistakes. That's not the major issue, right? The major problem is this, a turning away, a rebellion, and a wanting to do what I want to do. And candidly, when we start talking about knowing the will of God, the beginning place is this, who gets to call the shots in your life? And church, that is a fresh question that we can ask on a regular basis. Who's calling the shots? And I ask that question of my own heart on a regular basis. Who's calling the shots? Because a church led by Keith is in trouble. A church led by the Spirit of God who has access to Keith's heart and elders' hearts and leaders' hearts and kids' ministry, serve team hearts and welcome team that church will thrive and see this city changed. And I want that for you as much as I want that for myself or otherwise we don't need to be here. Let's be a people who listen to the voice of God. Let's be a people who will want to walk with him. And so we're going to take a moment to do that. I'm just going to take a moment to be with him. We just have a few minutes left. And so you can put your notes away, your Bible down. just finish this morning with a chance to be with the Father. If good fathers on this earth know how to give good gifts to their kids, how much more does your heavenly Father have something to give, have good things to give to you, even his spirit, in fact? So, Father, we just want to come before you. And we just want to have one moment of honesty. And we just want to make this confession, God, just like King of Judah, Jehoshaphat, when he said, Lord, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. Would you just take a moment to confess? It just means agree with the heart of God, just to confess and say, hey, Lord, here's a direction that I'm not sure about. Maybe you feel unsure about something. Maybe there's some things in front of you that you feel fear or feel doubt or feel worry 
you feel hurt by even? Would you just name that to the Lord? I'm not gonna ask you to say it out loud here. Say, okay, Lord, you own this. You own this moment. You own this circumstance. And I'm acknowledging I don't know the perfect way and just tell him. But I do know this. I know you are good. And I know you will not leave me high and dry. So will you confess the faithfulness of God over your life right now? Make that confession. You're faithful and you lead. And then we just finish by asking, oh God, would you lead me by your kind whisper, your voice in my life, Spirit of God, you get full access. There's no part I want to hold from you. There's no place that I want to keep off access. You get the whole full thing. And we are asking, oh Lord, would you lead? Would you speak? In accordance and in alignment with your word, would you lead me? Show me. We thank you, God. You do not leave us alone. If there's a place you're asking me to step out, would you let my heart know and let me trust you? I trust you. We're so thankful for your word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our lives. Would you invite him? He's already, and if you've called on the name of Jesus, he has made his home. Would you say, not just today, but tomorrow, would you lead me? Lead me to love my children. Lead me to love my spouse and my roommate. Lead me to care for and love the people around at work. Lead me. Give me your heart. Speak to me. Thank you, God, that you do that. I want to close this morning. If you would just finish, stand. We're going to pray a benediction as we go. What we're going to do is we'll have some prayer partners. Just a, a couple of people will be here to be able to pray with you. Maybe the Lord's doing something fresh in your life. You're just going like, hey, I could use some prayer. Or I'm asking the Lord, I'm not sure where to go. Or you just want some partnership. We would love to be able to partner with you in prayer. So we'll have some prayer partners available to you that would love to pray with you here. And let's be a praying church. So let's do that with each other. Or maybe you're gonna grab somebody that's in one of your groups, but let's pray. And so that's gonna be available. I'm gonna pray our covering, our benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, who is able to accomplish these beautiful things, we pray.